Hello and welcome back to Creekcast episode, well not episode, <laughs> we don't do episodes, we don't do episodes anymore. anymore. They're just in the title. Yeah, but we are on this, oh yeah, Taco, Taco Tuesday! Hey, it's Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday, Jaren. Taco Tuesday. So, I'm Marcus. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Jaren. And Jaren is with us again for today. Um, we are glad you guys have joined us for this Taco Tuesday. Go get you a taco for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or dessert. Or all three, or all four. Yeah, all four. Just eat the taco every meal. Of the day, I don't want to be with, around you if you do that. Yeah, I mean, there's different types of tacos. You can get a vegetable. Yeah, but I'm more of thinking like the aftermath of all the tacos. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want to be around. I don't want to be around <laughs> that time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on the way back from the ski trip. Uh, Warren was like, we're stopping for Mexican, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> we are not stopping for Mexican. <laughs> there was one time I stopped, uh, when I went first uh, in ministry, we were traveling from Florida to North Carolina for camp. Uh, worst trip ever, not worst trip ever, just super long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we had breakfast at McDonald's, lunch at Chick-fil-A. And we had dinner at Taco Bell. Cause that was a mistake. And I was like, I will never do that again. A mistake. Never. White, White Castle might be worse. <laughs> it, it might be worse. I've actually never eaten at a White Castle. I have never it's and plan on never don't, eating don't at eat what, Yeah, no. Not people are like, how can we've never eaten there? It's like, because I know what it does to people. Yes. I don't want to do that to me. No. See, I've never eaten there not because of the food, but because in Florida, like, that's the place you go to, like, see drug deals and die. Yeah, they have that here, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one guy got a Crave case and... That was the roughest bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, so, yeah, they're not the most nicest restaurants to go. No, so no. Now, before we get into this, news has just officially broke that Eli Manning is retiring. I he, did see that. He he just gave a statement that he's retiring. Wow. So let's thank Eli for the great thing he's done of preventing do the Patriots. I do know okay. who Eli Manning is. <laughs> preventing the Patriots from winning two more Super he's Bowls. He's pretty much irrelevant. Thank you, Eli. Pretty much irrelevant. No, <laughs> he pretty much is. He's not irrelevant. He prevented the suit, the Patriots from winning two Super Bowls. Yeah, but he's been irrelevant for like the last three seasons. That's true. <laughs> but and he's so, Peyton Manning's brother, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we are in Galatians one eighteen through twenty four today, um, and it's sort of a continuation of what we were talking about yesterday. Paul is continuing to give his um, history of what's been going on, of what's been happening. Of, of all of this, and we get to where he is now, um, to where he spent three years just studying with Christ, and then he went and spent 15 days with Cephas, or Peter. Um, and a lot of people will complain, or not complain, but talk about that he learned all his teachings from Peter. Yep. And he's like, no, I was only there for 15 days. Like, <laughs> you, that is not enough time. That's not enough time to learn everything. You know, and then we will see this challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and two weeks from today, Marcus is going to know everything. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and but then he goes on and I, chap- mean, I, don't, I don't have much to learn. I've, I've most <laughs> oh. know everything now. So. Oh, Super okay. humble too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see later on in chapter two where he, you know, rebukes Peter for some of his teachings and stuff like that. Um, but it continues just to be this testimony that. Paul was taught by God, that he learned what he did by from God, and that's the gospel that he lays his foundation for. Yep, and I mean, and it, it just you know, even though he was only with them for so many days or whatever, um, there should always be someone that we look up to. Yeah, there should always be someone that we work with, and there's always should be someone that we're pouring into. And uh, I think a lot of times we 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 have one or the other, but we don't ever have all three. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's easy to find a mentor. Um, well, no, I think it's the I think the hardest thing is to find a mentor, a good mentor, a good mentor. Yes. Um, I think the second hardest thing is to find somebody that you can work with because when it's working with somebody, um, it's it's the give and take there. Exactly. It's yeah. usually I want to get, but I don't want to give, yeah. or vice versa. One of the uh, quotes from the conference that I came to is that if a relationship is just built on giving and taking the whole time, then the relationship will fall apart very quickly. <coughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. You know? I know, like, uh, for me, uh, I mean, I've, I have probably have two or three mentors that I, 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 I have in my life. Um, I have a few that are peers, but I think in positions you and me are in, it's easier for us to pour into people. Yes. Um, you know, now, Jaron, it's probably a little harder for you to pour into somebody that's younger than you. Yeah. Um, m- most of Sometimes. yours right now is probably more peerish and then mentor. Yeah. Um, and I think that also goes with your season of life. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're younger, it's a little easier to find a mentor because you're already looking up to other people as well. Yes. Um, and it's easier to do that peer because you're doing ministry or you're in the same youth group or whatever it might be together. So you learn together, you mm-hmm. do life together, you go to the same school. It's a little harder for us as adults yeah. uh, to do those two things. Um, but uh, it's, and I've always had the mindset, there's two, two, there's two types, types of people in the church. There's one uh, who are, they're close to God. Um, uh, they serve, but they like to, they don't serve in front of people. They serve in the behind the scenes um, and kind of the, the extra people, yeah. I guess you can say. Um, and then there's those that are also close to God, but they're um, in front of everyone. They're preaching, they're teaching, uh, doing something in front. Um, there's nothing wrong if you're not one of those two, but I don't really see a different. I mean, obviously, if you're not close to God, you're probably not doing either one of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you're close to God, I, I believe that you're doing one of those one of those two. But in that, you got to do it with other people. Yes. It's not by yourself. No. Um, there is no solo Christian. There is no solo Christian. One thing that I've really enjoyed is conferences I go to. Uh, I'll shout them out. Keenan, uh, he's uh, one of my uh, a great friend. Every Thursday at two o'clock, me and him Skype or call or what and talk ministry life, and we just talk. Um, and it's nice to have somebody outside of your context be like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to deal with this guy. And him not really knowing the situation, be like, well, this is what I would do. Um, or, hey, I have this situation going on. You know, how would you, you do it in your ministry? And um, or I'm dealing with this idiot kid. You know, <laughs> Was it me? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> was it me? You, no. you can say it was me. Okay, <laughs> it was you. No, no. Fair enough. No, but it's, it's, you know, and it even goes on to, the, the temptations of doing and isolating yourself. Um, we, live, we live in a world where that's easy to do. Oh, yeah. um, it's easy to turn your phone off. It's easy to go in a room and just listen to music or um, watch TV by yourself and get away from people. Um, but God built us for a community, and he built yes. us to have someone that we can always look up to, someone that we can always go to, um, someone who, um, who is lifting you up and encouraging you and saying, hey, Quit being an idiot. <laughs> Come to Jesus moments yeah. and slap you across the face of the Bible and say, let's get back on, on this track. Um, I, had, I had many of those with my, my mentor, or my youth pastor. Uh, he could probably tell you a lot of stories <laughs> about uh, how much of an idiot I was in, in middle school and high school. But um, we all need those things. Yes. And uh, that's what you know, Paul and them are, are talking about with, with uh, uh, Peter. Yeah, yes, Peter. Peter. Uh, you know, they, they had that. Now, obviously, 
we encourage to do that for a long period of time, not just for 15 days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do that. Don't do life alone. Yeah. Yep. I was uh, actually watching this TED talk the other day about uh, depression and anxiety and the reason that we as a society have had this issue more than past generations yeah. is because we are the most connected but also the most lonely society mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and generations that have been on the earth. And even secular, it's a secular source, even he will admit that people need people yep. and you can't do everything by yourself. And they did a study where they took these people who were suffering from depression and anxiety and they made them like meet together and yeah. do like a project together mm-hmm. and they were off of the medication. So it's like, it's really, you know, oh, there's yeah. plenty of proof for it. It's not yeah. questionable yep. at all. We need each other. It's, <clears throat> God designed us that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. If God didn't design us that way, he wouldn't have had the church. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I mean, with that, you know, it comes kind of like we talked about yesterday, your reputation, you know, how do people see your reputation? Um, you know, one thing I always ask myself is, um, when have others been able to glorify God or come to God because of what I did, you know, and, you know, with that comes your reputation, you know, d- does your reputa- reputation represent Christ? I tried to put represent Christ and reputation together and it wasn't <laughs> working. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, in my mind, I want to say my rotation is great, you know, and things like that. And, I, I mean, I, to an extent, I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but when was the last time somebody could glorify God because of something I've said, something I've done, and something I've influenced in their life? Um, you know, and, and as pastors, we may never know that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but for, for others, you may also never know that unless somebody actually tells you. Um, I remember um, when I almost became a local church missionary for Word of Life, I, I sat down with Kyle Gray at one point. Um, to talk about it, and um, we were talking, I had one of my campers with me um, who was kind of interested in it as well, <clears throat> and he said, hey, I just want you to know uh, this morning when you preached at camp, uh, my, my brother got saved, and Kyle's face is like, uh, like smiled, and I never, I saw that before, but not like that, yeah. and he was like, you know, that honestly means the world to me, because there's times I never know, um, and it's great to know that God used oh, me yeah. this morning. There's a, a story I love to tell, and I can't remember... <laughs> Uh, it's a true story, and I can't remember the street name right now, but of this guy who lived in Australia and how this pastor was going around and he was meeting people, and every time he would meet somebody, he would ask, you know, how did you get saved? And it was always a story of, well, I was visiting Australia or I stationed Australia on the military or I went there for a bachelor party and was wasted, and they would always be walking down the street, and this old guy would come out and be like, if you were to die today, would you know that you go to heaven and give him a track? Well, eventually this pastor ended up going to Australia for a conference or a speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want to go find this guy. Yeah. And so he went and they found this guy. He was super old at this point in time, was in his house. And so he introduced himself. He's like, I just want you to know how many times I've heard of people who've gotten saved because of what you're doing. And the guy just broke down in tears because he had never seen anybody get saved because of it. Oh, wow. And so it's just the idea that we have no idea. And we like, do the sewing. We, we're, yeah. we're doing that. And that's the book I'm reading as well. It talks about... It's not so much about sealing the deal. It's about yeah. sowing yep. so that the harvest can be greater. Yep. Yeah. And I think even like our youth are great at this. Um, Austin uh, Mattingly is one of our, he comes on Wednesday nights mostly, but this past Wednesday he just said, hey, I really enjoyed it tonight. You know, I really enjoyed the conversations. And, uh, you know, that means the world to me. Because there's times where I leave a Wednesday night or a Sunday night and I'm like, 
Was anybody really listening? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, and I mean, and I think that's the world we live in today. People want to be uh, affirmed what they're doing is right. Um, You know, especially from where I came from, where I didn't get that a lot. It was always, you're doing this wrong. Uh, You know, I think we can focus on that a lot more. Um, And then when good things come, it's like, you know, I don't hear this a lot. Um, You know, I think a lot of people need to hear the, hey, I saw that. Good job. And I'm proud of you. Um, Or, hey, I saw that you're, uh, you know, you witnessed this person. And that's why we do our gospel conversations on Sunday nights, because I want to be like, hey, I'm proud of you for saying the gospel to somebody. Um, Because that's that's hard to do, especially in high school and middle school. Yes. It doesn't get any easier when you're older, but it's a little more harder, you know, there. But, yeah. You know, it's most of the time people aren't going to accept the gospel the first time that no, they hear it. No, it takes, I think it's like thirteen. It's uh, me and my mom were talking about this the other day. I think it's like thirteen, uh, it's but not really, quite that high. it could be it's like, like three point seven or yeah, something like, like that. Th- yeah, man, that, yeah. I actually find that hard to believe. I feel like it would be way yeah. higher yeah. because no, it's, <clears throat> there's, it's you either are tilling the ground, planting the seed, yeah. or watering the garden. Yeah, you know, those are the three things and. I think that's why it's the three to four yeah. times it takes. And God will do it anyways. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you don't have to seal the deal anyways. You know that if, if he wills it, he'll do it. So. Exactly. It's in his will. It'll happen. And uh, I think a lot of times we, we, we're scared of how God's going to use us. Um, because we, we don't want to ask God use me any way you want. Yeah. He's going to use you any way you <laughs> he wants. He will do that. Oh, yeah. um, it's one of those dangerous prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I remember when in middle school, uh, we li- I was at camp, and my parents just informed me that they might be moving to, to South Florida uh, from Pensacola. And uh, like that was, at that point in my life, that was like the longest I ever lived in a house where I really got plugged into things. Um, and I remember getting on my knees at camp saying, God, if you, I don't want to move, but if that's what you, you will, I'll go. And then the next week, my dad was like, I took the job, we're moving, blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, no! <laughs> But five to six times. Five to six, five times. To six times. Okay. I, yeah, I, I thought it was about about that. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I know people that I've done it that many times yeah. to one person, well, and, and they don't accept yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and that's just the average. <laughs> that's the average. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's. But I, I bet that's hard to keep track of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kinda, but and even with the five to six times, I think it's five to six different conversations. And probably so not, it's the, not same the same person. person. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, one, you, one, it's more likely to believe it if you hear from multiple. Yeah. People. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a when parents say, "What? How'd you get my kid to do this?" I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just I told them the same thing. Well, it's because it's because somebody different. different. Yeah. yeah, it's that's kind of the same thing. A lot. But <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's how are you living? You know, what, what is your testimony? What is your reputation? Uh, and then, who are you doing life with? Yes. Um, and that's outside of your your wife or uh, your friends, but like who is pouring into you? And who are you pouring into? Um, I think out of those three that we talked about, the easiest one is your peers, in, oh, yeah. in my opinion, because it's well, it's the they're easiest there. and the mm-hmm. hardest. Because yes. also you don't want to be rejected by your peers. True. I think the absolute hardest to share the gospel with is family. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, I have to see you guys all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that is hard. Yep. Yeah. So. Life step? Life step. All right. Notice the implied warning for us today. Our beliefs must be based on revelation from Jesus Christ. Take a minute and list the different ways you are regularly taught about God. Do these avenues of teaching use the Bible as their only foundation for instruction? 
Are they, like Paul, directing your focus back to the revelation from Jesus Christ? Similarly, are you able to trace your foundation beliefs back to the Word of God? All important questions. Very important questions. So, did we already do our sponsor? I don't remember. I don't think we did. I don't remember either. So, all if you've <laughs> just joined us today, uh, we have a sponsor. Um, and Something Cool uh, is more than just a, t- a company of t-shirts. They are a company that goes above and beyond to serve the servers, the people who devote their lives to ministry and serving others. Uh, Something Cool brings together the coolest custom designs, a remarkable buying experience, constant engagement of clients with creative content. Oh, and did we mention uh, they, they provide the world's softest prints on the world's softest tees? Uh, go say hi to Carl on somethingcool.com and make sure to choose something cool on your next order. And make sure you let them know that we sent you. Yeah. Um, our prayer request today is for New Zealand, uh, for missionaries to capitalize on this nation's love of sports as a means of evangelistic outreach. Australian rules football. There you go. <laughs> the rugby. The rugby. <laughs> rugby. All right. Well, for this episode, I've been Josh. I've been Marcus. I've been Darren. Booyah. Booyah.